0: Alright, it's time uh, to play uh, this interview uh, that I'd done with Anton Newcomb. Uh, Anton, of course, is the Brian Jones Town Massacre. Uh, is, well, he's, he's probably 90%. He's the man behind the music, and he's the man in front of the band. Uh, he does the songs and sings the songs. And everybody else just joins in and occasionally fights each other. You're on the one. Um, you're coming yeah. you're coming back to the antipodes. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I know a lot of other people here and you've um you've got a new little mini EP mini album as well. Yeah. But um what I first want to ask you and I really hope you don't ask you ask this to of yourself but why do you keep going?
1: Well, you know I enjoy playing music. Mhm. Mm. That's simple. And uh I set up all this like hurdles for myself. So that keeps it a never-ending thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Like
1: mm-hmm. for instance, the name is a good example. It's kind of like this exotic fruit that has spines all over it <laughs> that, that it can never it can never be, but it, there's something nice on the inside, but it can never be commercialized really because it's naughty.
2: Mm-hmm. And that was
1: the thing that, um, that I got from punk and people playing. The first thing that I got from punk was I never thought I could play music, but I loved music since I was like two years old and all this stuff. And even watching Paul McCartney or something on the telly, a rerun of the Beatles or something, there's nothing that those guys particularly did that, that led you to believe that you could be them, because you couldn't be them. Mm-hmm. And we know that now, because nobody has become the new Beatles, really. No, We know that that was a unique phenomena. Now, it inspired a lot of people to play music and try to be their own thing, but, I've always been interested in the folk thing. So when I saw post-punk and punk groups playing when I was very young, I was like, these guys are idiots. I can actually play music. <laughs> and it would have, would have been the same thing if I was around like an uncle or something playing violin and people playing folk music. For me, it was the same thing. Now, when, when me and my mates were like 11 and 12 and we started playing music and doing these, playing at parties and trying to do this, you know, our goal was never to be rich Mm-hmm. We weren't, there was no Nirvana. We were Nirvana. So yeah. it was like, there was, there was no concept of let's sell 10 million records and let's be on the telly. It was impossible. You know, Michael Jackson was on the telly. It was impossible. Yeah, yeah. So, but the whole thing is, just, you know, like bands like Echo but I mean, that was inspirational in a way, except, you know, they went for the brass ring and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They were on the radio. They, their, their sound mutated from this post-punk 60s thing. So long story short, you know, I was interested in playing music and that feeling has never gone away. The other weird thing about it was that because we started out so young, our peers were teenagers. So I never had that thing of like trying to impress teenagers and my girlfriends were teenagers. So I never had that adult thing where it was fascinating for me to sleep with teenagers or something. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like some people need a younger gal, or you know the the groupy thing, yeah, see what I'm saying yeah, like, like yeah, I never yeah, had yeah. that nerdy nerdy, awkward thing where I didn't have girlfriends or something, so it was like really natural, so I never had that whole thing, you know, so for me, it really is truly about playing music, and yeah. then the the last thing I know i'm being long winded is um, no 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 i I, I always tra- treat treat it as conceptual art for me, it's about personal discovery so I just press record and make stuff up you know um and never finish it I I finish it live so that's also given me something to continuously grow because I've never made perfect recordings like like say Radiohead after they recorded something so beautiful and well done with Nigel Goodrich or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like where are they going to go from there they're going to get some guy oh here's a synthesizer guy okay we're playing with burial okay I'm doing this and now this is we're electronic or I'm doing this with this, you know, it's always something else that's added into it, but it never gets specifically better. It's just, here's some more of that. That's more and, related. But I could, but I could go and record with any of these great people and someday do something great, hopefully. <laughs> and, and I'm also interested in completely knocking down the barrier of like the age thing. Like, you know, I have a new project with Tess Parks mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all those the rest of the people in the group are like 23 or whatever, except for me. And it, it doesn't make any difference. I'm just playing guitar. You know, I'm just playing fuzz guitar. It's just a group. Yeah. You're just watching her sing. So I think that's really cool, too. And it's a little bit different than, say, the Rolling Stones when they were at my age in their late 40s or something, jumping around pretending they're teenagers (laughs) or something and and trying to stay relevant in that way. Yeah, I think it's a a little bit, it's a little bit different because I'm not constrained by pop uh, or make it a comeback.
0: Yeah, but I think it's a bit easier to do it these days than maybe it had been in the past because a lot of people are playing, they're still playing the music that you played, whereas yeah. people aren't kind of making the music that the Stones played. There's no one for the Stones. No one kind of looks up to the Stones and kind of make, wants to make the music the Stones were making in the 80s.
1: Well, you know, people are influenced by it, and that's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, periodically there's, there's always going to be something. You know, it's like Primal Scream is going to reinvent this, like, era of the Stones that's a little bit after what I liked about the Stones, endlessly, Mm-hmm. Bobby Gillespie is gonna—he's gonna come out and be Mick Jagger over and over again, and that's his thing. But me, what I loved about psychedelic music wasn't Paisley shirts or this <laughs> flashing lights on an on LSD trip. What I really like about it is the limitless possibilities, and that means that you know Brian Jones was like playing marimbas, cello. He played mountain dulcimer, sitar. He brought in synthesizers. He did all these different things in the context of this blues band. To go different directions, and mm-hmm. then you, you you see the 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 stones at the same, i mean the uh, the Beatles at the same time were doing like sitar music and jazz music um if you look at Sergeant Pepper, it just goes on and on there's a rock thing, there's a symphonic thing and yeah. and it's all under the context of this psychedelic experience, meaning mind expanding to me
0: yeah uh, there was something it was interesting with the Beatles how like their fans' tastes kind of moved with their tastes. You know, like, uh, well,
1: they had a monopoly. They had a monopoly. See, they actually, uh, sh- they actually shut out other people. You know, when you have a situation where the, where your 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 song is being played every every half an hour on the radio, <laughs> that's stopping somebody else's song. And also, you know, they banned the Zombies from playing in America because the, the Zombies actually sold more records than the Beatles. That's so good. So all of a sudden, these nice kids from England who had tell, tell her no and she's not there were banned. Yeah, after the first that. trip. Yeah, and and there were all these different things. There were all these mod bands in the UK that were better than the Who. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just mm-hmm. like this endless situation where the business, and, and they paid for that radio access, and they paid like Coca Cola, they paid for having a 200 copies of the of the record in the shop. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, when yeah. you go into when you go into a shop. I'm just naming Coca-Cola because they're massive, right? And you walk down, you're, you're, you're at the market and you walk down the aisle and the whole aisle is Coke products and then it goes into Pepsi. And then at the end, there's some other things, mm-hmm. bubble, water, bubble water or something. But, you know, they're paying for that, that shelf space because that stops a bunch of options from being in the same place.
0: And now um it's a tr- you you said something earlier on about Nirvana and uh, like you guys have been around since 88 and what what was
1: no 90- no 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 was- no 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 see this our project started in 1990 I oh. played music before that yeah, so yeah. apologies. I don't know where that comes from but that's okay But what what <laughs> but go was ahead.
0: what was 93 like for you when like when Nevermind came out like did did did, that, did we like shit we could you know we could do something here
1: no, 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 and that's how all the labels treated us from the oh, same. Yeah,
0: yeah. From they, the, they, they from the
1: same. From our from our first concert, all the record labels were like, "You're going to be the next Nirvana" because they were already pegged for it, and, and everybody was treating me that way. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I I didn't want to be. And and when I go back to post punk influence, you know. <laughs> I was like Nirvana in in, in 1985 with my bands, this post punk thing, trying Mm -hmm. to bring other elements and not just a mohawk, not just being angry, you know, like trying to mix it up, right? So in that sense, I was my own Nirvana, you know? And um, the thing is, is they really caught the zeitgeist, I think. Now, I never took it serious because to me, those guys were five years – Behind us, in the same way that my friends' older brothers, by the time in eighty or whatever that we were crazy about punk rock happening live, they were like, "Punk is dead." They were so over punk. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So for me, it was the same thing with with Nirvana's brand of expression. I was like, Pfft. we. I was like, well, we were already Nirvana in high school, so I mean, <laughs> these guys are just living out in the boonies and just caught on to punk is cool. And they're going to act like this. So I never took it seriously until he killed himself, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and I was like, it was, it was that and the MTV Unplugged yeah. situation where he just sat down and did the Bowie song where I just felt, I mean, even him having Pat Smear in the band, who I loved the terms, mm-hmm. um, it seemed to me like this posery thing to do, but in a weird way, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: And then, but what, when I saw that performance, you know, I was like touched deeply because it was real. I mean, it was really real. Not enough to make me listen to all their songs or like their music, <laughs> which I don't particularly like. It in the same way I don't care for Led Zeppelin. It's just like it's everywhere. It's so like you know. But uh, I respected it on a deep level.
0: Yeah, you made it. They turned it. You you saw that he was an artist, perhaps. This is you're an artist.
1: It was just absolutely real on, yeah. a, on a, lot of different, a, a lot of different levels. And it, and it is a shame that it took it suicide for me to understand that and people's reaction because I was so uh, cynical. Mm. I'm so cynical of mainstream. And, yeah. and, and just anything, anything that could make about uh, 10 million people act exactly the same and face the, the same direction just reeks of fascism. And there's this really weird cult aspect that I pointed out in my band name Mm-hmm. See yeah. between between an idolization and rock stars. See that in this cult. That's why I incorporated Jim Jones from the massacre and Brian Jones, who people don't know now because of the way the Rolling Stones recreated their mythology. But Brian was in every magazine on the planet, yeah. like showing off his fashion. Here's his house. Here's his car. Here's him talking about jazz. look like he's so sophisticated he was like the <laughs> it. he was like the it guy with the super model girlfriends, you know um, seriously yeah yeah
0: look yeah, yeah. can look
1: you can look up all the pop magazines yeah and everybody thought Mick Jagger was ugly. see what I'm saying at the time.
0: Mm, mm. Um, now I want to ask you a three-point question just quickly. How's Berlin? How's a recording and how's your newest studio?
1: Uh, new studios being built we, I hired this guy who builds studios to fly over and live in the space mm-hmm. um, for a month to do it it's actually he has a worker from Port- Portugal and uh, it's cool you know um, I, I build my studios so it's like a flat so I can invite groups mm-hmm. to just come so there's two bedrooms a living room a kitchen a bathroom and then the recording area and um very cool. Berlin is cool, it it leaves me alone. I could just have my family, everybody tells me they love it here. Um, if I'm in a cab at night, I fall in love with it. I can't wait till my son's older, and I get a car in the next year or something that I can take my family out just to drive at night mm. and look at how pretty the lights are and all that stuff. And, and it's just, Berlin is so cool if I can just describe this one thing to you really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's okay to be any age here. I think. <laughs> I think you know you could be a this cool older person, yeah, and just go into art or whatever, or even a senior citizen and have a, a, your uh, your other hobbies, whether it's going to the lake or the parks. And kids, it's really good for kids. So I, I think it's really cool in that way. You could be any type of person and any type of age, and I don't see that in other cities. Yeah. Well, I think and I mean it's you're... fully de- it's fully developed
0: we need to get past that whole age thing it's you know i i mean i'm only in my mid 30s but you know i as with my job and the fact that i love music i go to a lot of shows and i go to see a yeah. lot of young bands play all the time and some people look at me like why are you at this gig it's like well because i really like the music man i mean yeah. yeah well
1: okay so uh i i can't remember what else you asked but check this out you know how 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 much I love the music from your part of the world. It's crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Big mm-hmm. influence on me. Mm-hmm. And not just how creation records just ripped off every single thing that came out. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I, Ricky and I, from my band, we actually have all the originals, you know, if flying nine got like 10 copies in the U S we, we had two of them, maybe three copies of each thing. So, we just love it.
0: What was it about, like, uh, you know, the Flying Nun stuff? And not just Flying Nun, like uh, Power Tools and a lot of the other stuff from here that trying to, like, well, what, what did it do for musicians like you and Steve Malcomus and stuff like that uh, over there on the other side of the world?
1: See, I don't even like payment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he, you know he, I mean? he loves what was I, coming I never liked here. I yeah. yeah. I never liked it, but what there is a melodic quality and a a certain kind of truth, you know, in in all of those releases. Mm -hmm. Because first and foremost, I think that um, people are doing the music for themselves and their friends. It it goes right back to what I was talking about in this folk thing.
2: Yeah.
1: And being so isolated. It's so great. Mm -hmm. You know, just... um, There's just a power that you don't find when people are there's just this in the UK music all the way through the nineties was like the third biggest export yeah. right after defense. So everybody, and they had this, this um, class thing. And so a lot of people that went to uni, you have to face it. The people that could afford to buy equipment in the UK always basically had some money from some secret source.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it was
1: coming from someplace because it's, it's a place where they have, extreme divisions in do you you know what i'm saying there's extreme divisions of like have money and have no money yeah
0: classism that's massive
1: but also welfare state and just like Mm. the reality and it's always been that way so that's that's the dirty little secret is a lot of times people are quite they have some money right that's like a luxury to being able to be in a in a a pop group fucking around and excuse my language and rehearsing and doing all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, where I think that, uh, in these other places, people work together, you know, and entertainment is seen, seen as an important thing yeah. where it's not necessarily, you're trying to um, hit it out of the park and be a millionaire. And that, um, that uh the, the the radio and the and the different networkings of people they, they they support the homegrown stuff because it is so difficult to get on a plane and get get music down there and entertainment
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what have you um so it, it it's a different dynamic so
0: yeah, like we you know, love know it. what I mean. Yeah, well, you know, of being from the city and doing what I do, and, and not, and not just because of that, because I do love the music. I'm really proud of the legacy that this city has and the country has, especially from around that time. It's amazing. It's a beautiful thing, and it, it all came like it was community, really, like all the bands in, in Dunedin. They all, you know, they it, might not have always been old friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: But and, and and I really, really love that because I'm so opposed. To this Hollywood Babylonization of the planet, where everything seeks to emulate the, the business model and just the the, the, the you know this the Americanization of everything, yeah. because it it really is awful. Yeah. It really is awful.
0: Oh, it's it's down here. We see it. Not as big. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, from Danina Band, stuff like that, uh, to you've been doing a, a bit of co lately yourself. Um, Vladimir from Queer Janes, um, Tess Parks, like you said before. Uh, we play Cocaine Cat, by the way, is on High Rotate. Love that song. Amazing. Cool.
2: Um,
0: and Soko and, and um, Asia on uh, Mystique, the film, imagine. Um, Telling some yeah. people. It must have been quite a pleasure working with them.
1: Yeah, I really, you know... Uh, I love to collaborate with people. And I, um, the f- further I can remove myself from my own ideas, I, I find that I get to enjoy them more. It, isn't it really abstract? <laughs> yeah. It is. If, if I could just be, be a pure composer and just write and sheet music to hear, I feel like I could sit in the audience and just go, wow. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. To myself. But, uh, you know, I have a bunch of different theories about uh, how I want to be viewed in the future. And I don't think people will... Uh, and it's not going to be universal. It's not going to be like my fantasy of how, how I go down in history. You know, like I'm absolutely accepted as this, but I understand how computers work in discovery. So I'm really interested in working in these other languages and yeah. as many as I can because there are no rules. And I'd like to inspire people in those different places to try and sing in their own languages because there's a tendency to sing in English because rock and roll is an Anglo construct, construct yeah. you know? Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's usually pretty bad. <laughs>
2: um,
1: Whereas I personally like the 60s pop where they were just singing in their own language but and hiring these session musicians and trying to do this stuff, like whether it's in Italy or France, mm-hmm. the Dutronx, uh, all this other stuff, you know? So. I like to try and bring that back a little bit. And, and I know that b- discovery is the process of like, when you go on Spotify and you, you type in Spaceman three or something and right next to it is my band's name or something like that. See what I'm saying? Where yeah. it's all linked together. You might listen to black angels and they all of a sudden my band's name is right next to it. You might also like this and the <laughs> same works with YouTube and all that stuff. That's called discovery. And in the future that will exist. And so I'm doing that with languages as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something, do you, do you find something beautiful in particular languages?
1: Uh, well, it's difficult, but you see, I've always liked uh, music from that's exotic, exotic to me. It's, it never really interferes that I don't understand the lyrics. I like its musicality. Then when I uh, research it, you know, then, then I'm like, well, I find that the... the Music that I really like tends to have great lyrics too. Whether it's from the Indian subcontinent or it could be Turkish music or whatever, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I find that I really really love it. I put out this band Bird Striking from China that is just off the hook, and um, yeah, I don't speak Chinese, <laughs> no, 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 I, I, any of the five dialects. Yeah. So
0: um, one, of my, one of my friends who is doing a show here at Radio One at the moment just mentioned that album to me. Uh, not that long ago And said it was fantastic uh, mm. And the funny thing is You actually led him Into your last Dunedin show When he was underage You gave him a ticket He was outside And you were talking to him And you got him Into the show <laughs> He was 17 It's fantastic
1: Yeah well I, I hate breaking the laws That way But sometimes It has to be done
0: Yeah yeah So it's interesting That I, he was I going To build that album
1: I think I told him Not to drink Or cause any problems too uh, Yeah you that said wasn't the you,
0: point yeah, yeah he definitely did definitely. Did. Um now you, you you were saying you were saying before you know with the discovery thing and stuff like that uh later in life you want to have you you want to have an idea of how people will perceive you in a way how do you see your legacy as it stands at the moment with your 14 hours and 14 albums and your countless EPs
1: you know Well you know I wanted to enter the uh Popular lexicon in a certain way mm-hmm. for and, and, and I have if you if you Google my group's name. You there? Ihr Anruf wird gehalten. Bitte warten Sie einen Moment. Please hold the line. Hello? Hello? What happened there? Yeah, sorry, I was trying to switch over. The next call came in, but I was oh. just like, can you hold? I don't even know how to do that <laughs> 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 on my iPhone. But I just said, oh, can you hold on for a second? <laughs> okay, so um, what I, what I want to say is if you Google my band's name, you're, more often than not, you're going to find it in relation to them, the article describing some other group's new record. If you like Brian Jones, Tomasco, you like this or blah, blah, blah. It's kind of in the vein of the neo-psych of this or blah, blah, blah. That guy's a jerk like Anton. Uh But anyway, uh, it's, it's, so that's already happening. And, and, and there's lots of people, you know, what I set out to say in the film that got obscured in the shenanigans of the editing was like, okay, well, I'm going to start this revolution and show you how to do it. And I, I, I know for for a fact that we were kind of like continuing this like grand tradition of people already doing music, so it wasn 't like we were reinventing the wheel or something.
2: Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there
1: are already groups were, were happening, whether it was in New Zealand or whatever, same same influence, same record collection, same sort of approach to playing clean music, different music, songs, different style and it, it was just try, trying to like refocus people on that situation of like, no you've got to create your own. Culture
2: mm-hmm.
1: and stick to your guns. And unfortunately most people just go for the record deal that destroys them. All of my peers. <laughs> most people. River they sign away the rights. Spotify now. Even uh. if they sign away the rights. They don't they don't even make any money from the mu- music that's streamed, let alone once oh, yeah. they go, there's no money, they break up, they don't own their name. It's just like, uh and, and the bottom line is you can tell from all those examples that people aren't really into playing the music.
0: Yeah. But you love it. Yeah, I love it. You do love it. It's amazing. Right, just quickly, because I know you've got to go. You're playing in Dunedin on the 7th of November with the chills. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah, amazing.
2: Yeah,
0: I can't wait. It's Sammy's. It's a beautiful venue. Hey, Anton, thank you for taking the time to speak to me um, this morning, this evening, this afternoon. whatever, Thank you. It's It's been a pleasure. And I can't wait to see you uh, very soon, live in Dunedin. Cheers, mate cheers mate take care Anton Newcomb Brian Jonestown Massacre how the hell did they manage to get that long with the man who knows